This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, perfectionism and ADHD, obstacle or motivation. With us in our virtual studio is Dr. Sharon Celine. Uh, We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show um, and write down the secret word of that show and then just email me the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made and we'll get into the show. Did you know that one in three people diagnosed with ADHD also have depression and 47% have an anxiety disorder? Left untreated, this could lead to other health issues. Understanding your ADHD symptoms and how depression and anxiety work is the first step. Talk with a healthcare provider for treatment options and strategies to deal with everyday challenges. With the proper treatment, you can live a healthy and productive life. Learn more at chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Okay, everybody, uh, we got a great show for you tonight, uh, focused re- really around perfectionism. Um, with us in our virtual studio is Dr. Sharon Celine. Um, she's focused on her work on ADHD, anxiety, learning differences, and mental challenges and their impact on school and family dynamics for over 30 years. Her unique perspective, a sibling of a uh, child who wrestled with uh, untreated ADHD combined with decades of academic excellence and clinical experience, assists her in guiding families as they navigate from a confusing maze of diagnosis and uh, conflict to successful interventions and connections. Dr. Celine uh, funnels this experience into her book, What Your ADHD Child Wishes You Knew, Working Together to Empower Kids for Success in School and Life. Heralded as invaluable uh, resource, her book is uh, a recipe of two, excuse me, recipient of two awards, Best Book Awards winner by the American Book Fest and Gold Medal for Mom's Choice Award. She recently published the ADHD Solutions deck as well. Uh, You can Learn more about her at her website at drsharsaline.com. And with that, Dr. Celine, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff. It is always a pleasure to be here. It, I, I love having you on. I always learn something and, and kind of – that's the best 
best part of being the host of Attention Talk Radio, I get to interview all the experts. I get to learn one-on-one, and I get nuggets that get to use all over the place. And I always like interviewing you because I always walk away with something really cool. Our topic tonight is perfectionism and ADHD, the obstacles for motivation. And the first question I want to ask you is what is perfectionism? Well, that is a great question. I actually did a little research to look it up. And uh, two researchers, Curran and Hill, in 2019, defined perfectionism as a combination of excessively high personal standards and overly critical self-evaluation. And I think if we're going to translate that into regular speak, um, that would mean that we hold ourselves to standards that are really you know, unrealistic, impossible. You can't, you can't achieve them. And we're simultaneously very critical of ourselves. And I'm saying, I'm using the us because I myself am a perfectionist and mm. I have anxiety. So this is a great comp, a, a great uh, topic. Um, one of my favorite topics and something that I'm really interested in to talk about and how it affects people who live with, um, ADHD brains. Wow. Okay. So you 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 classify yourself as a perfectionist, right? Is that did I hear that right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And there are different kinds of perfectionisms. Uh, so these researchers named Flett and Hewitt in 1991 came up with a model of perfectionism, and they divided it into self perfectionism, social perfectionism and um, other-oriented perfectionism. And, and I think that's, it's really interesting. So I just want to share these with you, and then we'll unpack sure. them. Okay. So when it's directed to ourselves, uh, people, hold, uh, ira- people hold irrational importance to being per- perfect. Um, they hold unrealistic expectations of themselves, and they can be very punitive, very punishing in their self-evaluations. When they perceive perfectionism to come from others, this is the social part, people um, believe that their social uh, cachet, so to speak, um, there, that the, is, is, import, is, not, is not just important, it's everything. It's, it's excessively demanding um, that others judge them harshly and that they must act perfect or near perfect to secure approval. And the last one is when people are, you know, perfectionistic toward others. So this is when, you know, perfectionistic individuals impose unrealistic standards on those around them, and then they evaluate others critically because they aren't actually managing to be perfect. So I love this model because it's self, social, and other. And I think that um, there's so many ways that we can apply this to people who, uh, you know, who are outside the box thinkers. Interesting. So I, I have a, while it's in my mind, I'd, I'd like to describe something that I see, and you can tell me if it's not perfectionism, if I got it wrong, or which classification it relies into. It's, um, as I said years ago, you know, who you are, not everybody's going to like the color of the drapes. Uh, because of perspective and opinion. And I've had people that I've coached before. One particular stands out that was a writer. And she would sit down and write an article. And the next day she would wake up and she'd have a different perspective and she'd write the article. And it was funny because it was like she was searching for that one way, that perfect way to write the article that everybody could get at one time, which at the end of the day you can't control because everybody interprets things a little bit differently. 
And she was calling herself a perfectionist, and I was you know, I, is it perfectionism or you haven't actually realized is that it's literally impossible to write something for everybody to interpret the way that's intended? Is that perfectionism? Hmm. If so, would it fit in the model or just well, – you know, I think if I were going to think about perfectionism, what I would do is how I would sort of give an example of someone who's a writer is you spend a day writing, you write your eight pages, mm-hmm. and the next day you wake up and you look at them and they're not right, they're not okay. quite right, and you decide that they're really just terrible and you throw them away. You don't, mm-hmm. you throw it all away. And then you start over. And then the next day you wake up and you look at your eight pages and you think, wow, these really are terrible. And you throw those away because they're not quite perfect. And so that's that, you know, that's, um, that's, uh, that's one sort of extreme of perfectionism. And then there's other kinds of perfectionism, which is people who write those eight pages and then they spend another day going back and editing those eight pages to make them, you know, the best they could possibly be. And then a third day editing them again, you know, Mm. there's never a sense of it's, it's, it's done. It's good enough. And this is actually a type of perfectionism that I see a lot in people who have ADHD, which is like, I've done something, but it's not quite right. So I don't want to turn it in. I want to work on it a little more and a little more. And then I never turn it in. Got it. So would you say there's an emotional component underneath this that's driving this, the, the, the self criticism or the criticism of others that drives that? Or what are your thoughts around that? Yes. Yes. I think it, I think perfectionism is actually anxiety based. And I think it's deeply affected by shame or the fear Mm. of feeling ashamed. So you want to get something right. Um, There's a lot of anxiety about what would happen if it's not right. And what Mm -hmm. would usually happen if it's not right is some sort of, you know, imagined harsh criticism from someone. And so you, wherein you'll feel, terrible about yourself and you'll feel ashamed and you know why aren't I better and you know this if you get into this terrible kind of like hornet's nest of mm-hmm. you know getting really being attacked on all sides um and so I, I think that because with people who struggle with emotional control and I put myself in that category or people who are very sensitive you know we we feel things deeply and so part of the a reason that we're perfectionistic is because we want to not have that criticism, right? We mm-hmm. don't want to feel rejected and we don't want to be put down. So we're going to try mm-hmm. really hard to get it just right. So that doesn't happen. And unfortunately that's like the, you know, the myth of Sisyphus, right? That Greek <laughs> myth where the guy is sentenced to, you know, pushing a boulder up a mountain and never actually yep. getting to the top because the boulder rose down and he has to keep pushing it up. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. So is the rejection truly rejection or is it your projection projecting the rejection back on yourself? Or is that what the emotion is? Well, probably it's a little bit of both. I mean, okay. because if you've had an experience where you've been rejected, and that's this mm-hmm. that social part, that perception that others um, are going to judge me really harshly, and I have to 
act perfect. I have to say and do the right thing to secure their approval. Um, it may be because at some point in your life you were bullied. So mm-hmm. I personally was bullied. And um, I think I've shared that with you. And mm-hmm. people, many people have been, you know, bullied or teased or taunted in their lives. And so, you know, that's something that sort of sinks in on a cellular level. And at some point you're like, gee, I don't ever want to experience that again. So I'm going to make sure that I act just right in social situations. Hmm. So we've done Which of course shows, is impossible. We've done some shows recently been focused just on the, the, the notion of thinking inside of your head. And some mm-hmm. inroads is that it's difficult for people with ADHD. I mean, ADHD is an executive function impairment, working memory is impaired and thinking towards a goal kind of is impaired inside your head. And so I've been kind of playing around like, you know, pe- Thinking is difficult. That's why people judge. And even kind of like, you know, if you think about, you know, judging emotions is sometimes an escape. And in that light, there was a there was a comment I had heard fear. One, forget everything around. But another one, it's a it's a it's an overreaction to an old reaction, because a lot of times we will we will reflect emotionally back in on an experience and not think of the situational variability of the differences. And we'll jump to that conclusion that can take us into that judgment space. And again, I'm, I'm just sharing this with everybody because this is emotional self-regulation and awareness because we're ultimately, I think we're going to share it. It's got to be a real challenge for people with ADHD to, to manage. Is that, I mean, the experiences Absolutely. I've had. Absolutely. And I love, uh, I love that fear is an overreaction to an old reaction. That's exactly right. And I think that's one of the challenges um, be, of having a human brain, that we have a negativity bias. So we uh, can, we continue to um, sort of um, scan for something that could go wrong so that we can figure out how we're going to adapt and adjust to that. That's how mm-hmm. we've survived over the centuries. And for those of us who have anxiety, our scanners are just a little overactive. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and we're sort of scanning around waiting for the thing that, you know, and, you know, planning or trying to avoid that. And so I think that that is important when we think about perfectionism as a way to sort of cope with that concern that something isn't going to be right. And in the past, when it wasn't right, this bad thing happened. And Mm -hmm. I don't want that bad thing to happen again. And what ha- and unfortunately for us, you know, anxiety erases, you know, memories of competency and success um, because the fear to, is, is too strong. And so we have to um, really actively balance that by, you know, writing down on our phone, on Post-its. Mm-hmm you know, some, some, some phrases that we can say to ourselves or some memories of times when you did something that was, you know, a little bit outside of your comfort zone, you were afraid of something and you did it anyway. And that's something that we want to talk about with perfectionism, which is why it is related to anxiety, because with anxiety, you say, I'm afraid of this. Um, but I need to do it anyway. So, for example, I was talking with a young person who is um, going to art school yesterday, and uh, they said to me, well, because um, I asked, I was doing a group, and I said, what are some moments where you were afraid of something and you did it anyway? And um, they said, well, I had to take this wild route on the bus lines to get to school, but I didn't want to miss my class, 
so I did it anyway. And wow. that's kind of what we're talking about. Yep. Like you have to want something more than you want to be, wow. you know, afraid. Wow. Right. I tell you what, this is a great breaking point. Let's go to commercial break and come back. Um, everybody, this is spectacular. I couldn't have picked a better person since you're, you kind of share a lived experience and professional experience. So everybody, we're going to go to break. Um, when we come back, we'll delve into it. Our, our secret word tonight, we'll keep it nice and simple, is perfectionism. Um, that said, write down perfectionism. And the other thing, too, write down this website, Dr. Sharon. Uh, S-A-L-I-N-E dot com. That's um, Dr. Selene's website. You need to go there, check her stuff out, check out her books, even buy a book or something like that while you're there. Um, you can actually do that while we're a little bit on break. So with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Dr. Sharon Sweeney talking about perfectionism, ADHD, obstacle, or motivation. Um, it's great because um, she sees herself as a perfectionist. I actually don't see myself, so this is kind of a, a really interesting conversation. I've, I've talked to some people before that were worried about what they were wearing and how they were dressed, and it was funny because – <laughs> Like, for example, when it comes to women's shoes, I don't notice them at all. Like every once in a while, one will stand out. But for the most part, I'm oblivious to that, um, along with other things in the world. So maybe I don't have the anxiety because I don't notice things in the world that I would be judgmental of myself. Um, but needless to say, um, I think that, that, that dealing with this, and I'm anxious to talk to you, Sharon, here a little bit about the, you know, managing it. I will also like to add something that you said. I'm going to say what you said just a little bit differently. Uh, you talked about our brains being wired for negativity. I had interviewed uh, Greg Creech of the Toto Institute years ago who studies Japanese psychology, and he had an interesting way of putting that. So, you know, when you have a problem, you have to deal with it now. Like if you have a flat tire and you're on your way to work, it's a problem, and you have to deal with it right now. If something great happens, you don't have to celebrate it right now. So what happens is we focus in on problems because you have to deal with them right now. And the way he explained it in Japanese psychology is you have to practice gratitude, like an exercise class. You schedule it, and you sit down, and you go through, and you, you either write it out or you chant or do something of what you're grateful for in the day because the idea really is if you don't notice and take the time to practice the gratitude, you won't see the positive in your life. All you'll see is the negative in life, and I had an experience myself where – Five years ago, I went through something that was somewhat difficult, and I actually started writing out everything that I was grateful for that day. At first, it was just words coming out of my onto the paper that it didn't really mean, but I, six months later, all of a sudden, one time I did, oh, my God, I actually meant it, and as time went on, it kind of shifted my attitude towards that. So I just kind of want to throw that out there a little bit for those um, who listen to the, the negativity but also a different 
way of looking at it, we get to the same place. It's just different perspectives. So before we move on, any want to comment on that or anything? Karen? Well, I think that, I mean, I think gratitude, of course, is important for all of us. I actually think what's more important for dealing with perfectionism tendencies is self-compassion. Um, and because self-compassion consistently reduces the strength of the relationship between the maladaptive perfectionism, that, that, that really dysfunctional mm-hmm. perfectionism, and, and the anxiety and depression that it carries along with it. We okay. have to learn how to care for ourselves, how to identify what self-care looks like and what it, it's like to be kind to ourselves. You know, I mean, because one of the challenges with being a perfectionist is, that, is the standards that you have. They're impossible, and mm-hmm. they're impossible to meet. And then there, there's this sort of negative voice that goes along with when you don't meet them. And so what we want to do is to, be, is to be, create another voice that's like, you know, a voice that you use. I mean, not a voice, like a voice that says things to you that, like, you would say to a, a nine-year-old who skinned their knee. Mm-hmm. Like, you would never talk. Like, those of us who are perfectionists, we would never talk to a nine-year-old who skinned the knee the way we might talk to ourselves. Mm. And that, I think... Is, is is a real um, that to me like that was like an eye opening thing that um, I did a course uh, over the last year with COVID with Kristen Neff and the eye opening thing was like whoa I am talking to myself not the way I would talk to a nine year old I'm like I would not like if, if it was I would it wasn't like oh sweetie you you fell. Oh, let's 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 clean that up and get a band-aid and you know, uh-huh. I'm here for you. It was like, why aren't you doing this and when are you wow. going to Wow. Like, you know, and that was like, dude, like it wasn't a light bulb, it was like a light like a like a yep. you know, a light symphony. You know, <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So, I think one of the things in my attempt to be a recovering perfectionist is to come out with it. You know, because I think that people are always like, yeah, I'm a perfectionist, blah, blah, blah. But we don't really talk about, like, the debilitating side of that. Wow. you got my head spinning right now to come out with it. I have actually made Jeff quiet. I'm a little freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little freaked out. Delight symphony again. <laughs> wow. Delight symphony. But I, yeah, because we have to, when you're kind to yourself, when you say, it's okay, you know, I did the best I could, and I got it in. It might not have been my very best work, but I have other things happening. My my mother, you know, and I'm not saying this is what's going on in my life, but I'm just saying, like, I put my, I had to deal with my mother who was sick, or I, my yep. son was moving my son back to college, or, um, you know, my husband reconcussed himself you know whatever it is you know you have to like remember that you're only one person mm-hmm. and i think that a lot of perfectionists um sort of you know don't um think of themselves that way like when when we when we're what we're talking about here so there are two you know i happen to believe that there are two types of perfectionism one is toxic and that's mm-hmm. a little bit what we're talking about now, that toxic perfectionism, uh-huh. which is that 
kind of debilitating anxiety, depression, sometimes suicidality, like I'm never good enough, I'm never going to be good enough, I'm not trying anymore, Mm -hmm. Um, intense shame, eating disorders, those are all manifestations of that kind of toxic perfectionism. And, you know, again, instead of like berating yourself for having that, what you want to say is like, I developed this type of perfectionism as a coping mechanism for things in my life when I was younger. Things happened to me and I be- developed this, per- this, this perfectionism to help me get through. Um, it was maybe um, compensation for shame or for my natural limitations with my executive functioning challenges. And this coping mechanism may have served you very well, but the way it is acting in your life now, it's not serving you. It's become toxic. Mm. So this is screaming self-awareness to me. Like in order to be able to do this and manage it, is is the self-awareness – uh, and the pause to be able to catch yourself and realize kind of the narrative that's going on in your head and step out of the emotions a little bit and look back at yourself with some compassion to change that emotion or that approach. Not an easy thing to do, but it does sound like it's the epicenter of kind of what works. Am I misrepresenting absolutely. that? You, absolutely. <laughs> um, this is about self-awareness and also about emotional control because you have to – Really work hard not to slide down yep. into that sort of that the, the the toxic perfectionism. On the other hand, there's productive perfectionism. I don't want to give that up. That's a part of myself I really like. <laughs> you know, that's the motivating part that gets me started on things. I meet, I meet my deadlines. I um I, I have a big appetite. There are things I want to do. It's my sense that I wanted a good job and it's important mm-hmm. to me. I don't want to let that go. That's the Absolutely. thing I want to keep with me. Right. Absolutely. It's the it's the harsh part that I want to let go of. Yeah. I tell you what, let's let's run to break right now. Uh, when we come back from break, I want to segue into a little bit of like you know how, when you're working with people, how you do it. But the, before we do, mm-hmm. I want to. She just said it's hard to gain that self-regulation. And I've started saying this more and more. My mom said a long time ago, second grade teacher, you got to admit what's hard because if you don't admit something's hard, you're not giving it the respect that it's due. And I, I, Sharon deals in a little bit different world than I do, but this is really, really, really hard. So I want everybody to kind of ponder that over the break when we come back so that when we're listening to Sharon, kind of how she helps some people really kind of what that's all about. While you're there, you got to write down our website because you got to check that. That's drsharon, S-A-L-I-N-E dot com. Our secret word tonight is perfectionism. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. 
Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? <laughs> Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Everyone, we're having a great conversation with Dr. Sharon Sleen on... um Perfectionism, ADHD, and its impact as an obstacle or motivation. Uh, we've been talking about what it is, the different kinds, how it manifests, and kind of want to get to the really the difficult part, and that's actually managing it. And I do think that that from my experience working with people, this is really really hard because it's emotional, and you got to kind of override those emotions, and you got to self-regulate to kind of call that stuff, which is the epicenter of the challenges with ADHD. Can you tell us about this a little bit, and kind of like when you're working with people, how you try to help them? Uh, notice it, become self-aware, and manage it as best they can? Well, I, I think that a lot of people, uh, what um, where we can start with noticing perfectionism is identifying where it's coming from. And usually um, usually what happens is people don't come in and, and talk about, oh, you know, my boss struggling because as a boss I'm imposing unrealistic standards on my people and they're angry with me not that maybe as to how some people come to coaching but that's a small i think a small um, Mm -hmm. number what i see more of is people coming in with social anxiety feeling like other people are going to judge me harshly i'm a i have to act or, or a certain way or do a certain thing to be accepted or people um having uh being depressed because mm-hmm. they feel like they don't measure up, and um, and then we sort of peel peel the back the what is it peel the layers of the onion. I, I really don't mm-hmm. like that expression to be honest with you because <laughs> that always, when you do that people cry. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to come up with another expression, Jeff. We have to do that offline. But when you sort of unpack the gift, there you go. Uh-huh. Um, you 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 sort of get a, a you kind of this this is what's underneath, and then we want to know what's like that's it's like one of those Russian doll uh, things. You like you have the first doll, the second doll. We want to keep opening up the dolls to find what's underneath um, or what's contributing to. And so um, what I find with what when people come in with perfectionism is like I can't finish things that I start. Um, I I want everything to be just right, and so if I can't make it right, I won't start it or do it at all. Um, I I listen for language when people put themselves down and how they speak about themselves, um, and then that that social anxiety and also the, the rejection sensitivity disorder, um, dysphoria, excuse me, which can um, reflect some some of that as well. And so then we want to, what we want to talk about is, I, what I do is a little teaching. Like there's a difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mm-hmm. mindset, right? Mm-hmm. So a fixed mindset is, I am this way, I'm never going to change. And it's generally not a positive assessment. Maybe it is. Um, and that there is this sort of t- get a sense of what is that harsher inner voice? What is it saying to you? Because when you have that 
put down harsher in our voice that perfectionism can be, it is, is like a form of almost self-abuse. So we mm-hmm. have to interrupt the cycle, the cycle just like we interrupt the cycle with anxiety. So with anxiety, there's a trigger, right? And, and then there's a, you know, a response. So we mm-hmm. want to look at the trigger, but we want to choose different responses. And, and then the final piece that goes along with all of this is really starting to get a sense of what do you like about yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, what could you say to yourself instead of, um, you know, you were up till 5 a.m. finishing this report, lit a last minute again, you're such a loser. Could you say, well, at least I got three hours of sleep and I turned mm-hmm. the report in on time. That's better than it was, than it's been in the past. It's not how I want it to be, but you know, let's let's unpack with you, with my co- my wonderful coach Jeff, or my wonderful <laughs> therapist Sharon, how I could do that differently next time. It's it's interesting because you just made that distinction. Psychologist Jeff is a coach, and I think there's an opportunity here for me to kind of sometimes that, that people like, what's the difference and stuff. And in my world, if somebody shows up on my doorstep and they've got something really from their childhood that really needs to be unpacked, it's it gets to be, to me, pretty evident relatively quickly based off my coach, coaching other people. There's a resistance somewhere, and I'm like, listen, this is not my domain. You really need to go talk to, like, a Sharon to unpack that type of stuff because I'm not, I'm not a mental health professional at all. However, on the coaching side, often people will come to me and say, I can't finish what I start. And often, uh, I mean, often, like a lot, like 85% of the time, of the people that don't have those issues, I'm like, okay, well, what's, what are you not clear about? And we start to take a look at the finishing because they'll go to a point in time where they hit some massive amount of ambiguity and they don't really know. And the blocker really is the ambiguity and they're not recognizing it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's thinking inside their head, which is difficult for people with ADHD. And we start talking about thinking outside their head. And basically I'm just helping them problem solve to get through that. And they didn't realize it again. That's not a real deep level. That's just kind of coaching kind of going forward. Like you, People will come in with that fixed mindset, and they're often focused in on the outcome. In fact, I had a person I was coaching this morning from Europe for the first time. They kind of came in, and they were looking. I'm, I'm, I'm just upset at my life you know, because I had ADHD, and I go, yeah, but what did you learn from all those experiences? And they're like, what? Well, they got diagnosed with ADHD, and they're realizing it, and they're in coaching mm-hmm. right now to do something about it. I'm like, so – if we use the growth mindset, which is really focused on the learning, not the outcome, it was funny because the person's attitude around what they were doing began to shift. Oh, my God. Thank God I had those because imagine where I'd be in 15 years if it's not. And I think I'm just trying to illustrate those two things is sometimes that deep perfectionism can be from psychology, psychological perspective that goes way past coaching. And you can go to a coach, and I, I have limited effectiveness because I'm not schooled in some of that. Um, in which case you need to go hard. Other yeah. times I help I mean, in a little bit different way. Just your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, I think that, you know, that ambiguity, that, that when you hit that ambiguity, um, how you unpack that ambiguity and what's in it might direct, oh, you know what, I think this is something you want to talk about with, with a therapist mm-hmm. or, you know, this is just a, a situational thing that's related to this, to yep. what's happening now. Um, but you don't have to go all the way back to your childhood to deal with perfectionism. It, it, there's a lot of stuff that can happen in your life over time, patterns and relationships that can contribute to um, to having that sort of toxic perfectionism. 
I think the most important thing that I want to work on with people is to let go of what's not working and to build um, the self-confidence and the tools to do more of what is working. Um, and if, if, you know, there's a, a very famous story um, about uh, Milton Erickson and um, uh, he, uh, who was, you know, the founder sort of of hypnotherapy and, and also some uh, short-term therapy. And he was, Speaking in some somewhere in the Midwest, let's just say uh, Minneapolis, and he had a friend who said, "Hey, would you go visit my um, my uh, my mother or my aunt? My mother, she's been very depressed since my father died, and um, I know uh, she knows we're friends, and I, I I know she would love to see you." So he went into her house, and uh, it, everything was dark and very dusty except for three African violet plants and these were very well tended to and very much alive. And um, he didn't talk to her about anything except the African violet plants, including Hmm. like planting some suggestions like, wow, these are such beautiful plants. Have you ever thought of, you know, making cuttings and giving them? I'm sure people would love to receive these plants. Um, About five years later, he received, um, a letter from his his friend um, that his mother had passed and there was an article in the paper for her obituary and essentially the title of the article was African Violet Lady of Minneapolis Dies and she had basically basically taken these little African violets and given them to everyone at her church and then she gave them to people all around the city. Anybody who was struggling, she would give them an African violet. And what I love about this story in relation to perfectionism is we all nurture some type of African violets within us Mm -hmm. that will counteract that kind of self-abusive toxic perfectionism. We have to identify what that is and grow that. That's that self-compassion that will mm-hmm. counter that harsher voice. And and so I kind of need to start bringing this together for time perspective. But this is – we get to the heart of this is that we, when you're in this space, it's a, it is emotional. And to really deal with it is a, a bit of self-awareness and understanding yourself and stepping out of yourself, recognizing how you're talking to yourself and having some compassion and making that – that transition to me is a little bit of a journey. It's not a tip trick or strategy that happens overnight. Um, am I miss off on that or is there something to what I'm saying? You're completely right. You're completely right. And that's why a lot of people don't want to do it because it hurts. Mm. You know, it, so the question is, you know, it goes back to the thing that I said earlier, you know, I'm willing, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to be unhappy like this. I, this perfectionism is really torturing me. I'm willing to take a risk to look at it a little more deeply so that I can move through it, so that I can, um, you know, shift my perspective and how I'm talking to myself as well. And maybe, you know, do things, wanting them to be good is great. Um, and we want to do, you know, people want to do something well. Doing well is mm-hmm. always better, as Ross Green says, than not doing well. 
but it's that added ladder, layer of making it just so um, that can really um, debilitate people. I, I don't know why I'm compelled to say this, but I will anyway. Maybe it's the perfectionist in me. So when I first started Attention Talk Radio, I started getting some, some – it started to grow. And I'm like, I need to find another library, and that, that's – my YouTube channel was born. And early on back in 2013, mm-hmm. the technology wasn't that good. We didn't have Zoom and some other things, and um, I would, had to interview people who knew technology. And I interviewed an individual who was very difficult to get a hold of, and when the video came through, the, their words and their lips were not in sync. And I'm sitting here going, oh. oh, my God, like this is a nightmare for people with ADHD because it's like it's, it's very yeah. annoying, very attractive. <laughs> but the content was really good. I'm like, what do I do? And I'm just kind of like, I'm not going to get this thing. And all of a sudden it kind of hit me in the air. So I put a little disclaimer on the front of procrastination, like we're not going to do this. Good, ton- good content is a good content. So we're going to let it roll. Just keep your eyes closed or something like that. And I released it. <laughs> and it was funny because – I, I just, I, I don't know, I, every once in a while I can get kind of creative. And I actually, it was funny because I didn't really get many comments on the video, but I got a lot of comments on the beginning part of a crash nation, like, you go. And it was, it's, anyway, it just kind of cracked me up. I had to throw that out there. Yeah. Like, the moment of, well, of, of, I, I would have said that too. That is, that would have been like cheering for you, like, go Jeff, because the fact <laughs> is you, you kind of, you kind of were like, I can't deal with this. It's just going to have to go the way it is. And yet you, you did a beautiful thing by saying, Close your eyes. I couldn't get this to work, but the content is great. And so you actually gave people perm- – you gave yourself permission, yep. and and then, you know, you gave – by extension, you gave the people who watched it permission to be like, yeah, not – even Jeff doesn't get things right. Like, no, <laughs> Jeff doesn't get things right. It's okay that I can't get things right. And, and oh, that's – um, and I think that's part of the challenge of living in this era with social media. Because social media presents a myth of how everybody gets everything right. Oh, you know, you go yeah, on okay. Facebook, nobody yeah. nobody so posts they, a picture of themselves like when they have a terrible breakout or they're having a bad hair day, you know. Yep. Yes, so that's that's that thing. I, regularly, I'm telling clients like, don't compare your inside with everybody else's outside. That what you're seeing on social yeah. media is not their life. I mean, you you can't. You, 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 there's two comparisons. You got to have the self awareness uh, to do that. But another story I also have to tell people, um, the perfectionists out there, that um, back in 2014, I'm at uh, an ADD conference, and at the time, Shire had a division that was just educating people on ADD. They weren't selling medications, and they were actually supporting um, Attention Dog Radio. Um, but I was there and I was doing the videos and they had produced some material on ADHD that was on a website. And this guy comes up to me, you're that video guy, right? I'm like, yeah. What? Like, I love your stuff. I go, really? What's your favorite episode? I don't have a favorite episode. You know why I like your stuff? Cause it's homemade, believable. And that <laughs> stuck with me for a really long time. And I, to, mm-hmm. to a certain extent, my stuff is, I mean, almost all my videos are shot in one take, but I, I'm sharing that with everybody because these are instances where it's in the imperfection that I got the attention because um, I'm human. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I just, I share mm-hmm. that out there for people to begin to think and have some awareness. And so uh, all that said, we could talk for forever, but we need to bring it to a close. Any last nuggets to share before we close this out? Yeah, uh, what I really want to say is that um, perfectionism, you know, it, it is, is it an obstacle or is it a motivator? And the answer is yes. <laughs> 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 the 
you know, sometimes it can be an obstacle and sometimes it can be a motivator. And I think that the difference is how you approach it and, and that, that, that self-awareness that you bring to it and some of the emotional control to not let yourself go get, go get pulled into um, the negative self-talk about why it needs to be this, that, or the other, but rather, you know, that you're doing the best job that you can and the goal is X to turn it in or, you know, get the cake in the oven or whatever. Um, and so I think it is important and to, to, to really consider that and to um, practice self-care, kindness, compassion mm-hmm. to yourself, and, and identify, really take a few minutes after this episode and think about what could I say to myself differently, you know, than what I do say to myself in moments where I am holding myself to an unreasonable standard. Love it. So, everybody, I don't normally do this, but, you know, if you're listening to this show, you're drawn to it probably because of the title. Either you feel like you're a perfectionist or you're impacted by somebody. And if you're struggling, you got Sharon here. She's, she's saying that she can identify with it. So what better resource? And to get some information, you've got to go to her website at com. How's that for a plug, Sharon? <laughs> Thank you so much, and um, I also I, I do want to say that I, I I've been um, working on my YouTube channel, so there's some plenty of videos there for people as well. And thank awesome. you, Jeff, for having me. I have found this to be such an enlightening conversation, and I really um, I kind of put myself out like I took my mask off in a way, and I appreciate your compassion and kindness with me. Well, it's brilliant. Like, I thank you so much for showing up and being present. It was so much richer content. So, kudos to you. There you have it. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Everybody, our secret word tonight is perfectionism. Again, the website is drsharonsaline.com. Check it out. Drop her a line if you feel like you're perfectionist. She's got a lot of great information. With that, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care. Mm-hmm.